Welcome to Closing the Gap, and I'm your host, Denise Cooper. Ever wanted good advice or insights about your career, leadership, or navigating messy organizational politics? Getting good advice can make all the difference between making the right choices and worrying about what to do. So sit back, relax, and listen as my guests and I talk about lessons learned about career success, leadership, and HR in the 21st century. Longfellow is famous for saying, into every life a little rain must fall. Most people are prepared for the normal ups and downs, difficulties in life. But what if the rain turns into a monsoon? Our first thought always is, WTF? What's the future going to be? And then our next thought is, how do I keep going? Everyone responds differently. But my guest, Judy Goss, says she got through that difficult time by listening to that small, still voice. The one we all have. The one that says, do this, whispers, follow me, and you'll become the person whom I've prepared you to become. Judy Goss is the CEO and founder of What Women Want Networking. As we talked during our interview, I found it funny that a chance assignment to interview women over 40 for more magazine was a spark that ignited her passion to build a company, one that is dedicated to supporting women over 40 as they too try to follow that small, still voice, that voice that will lead them into their next greatest adventure. Please welcome Judy Goss. Well, hi, Denise Cooper. I'm so excited to be here. We've already had some great conversations, so I'm really thrilled to continue it. Oh, good. Me too. Me too. Not only has your life been so interesting, the things that you're doing now with what women want, it's just so like, oh my God, that's the most provocative, intriguing question that I can think of is this idea of what women want. Well, thank you. And you know what? I started it way before the Me Too movement and way before everybody was realizing that, you know what? Us women have to work together. And when we do, we have so much more success than we can ever imagine. Yes, that is absolutely true. So that's where we're going to kind of lead this to. But before we get there, tell my audience, tell the listeners, who is Judy Goss? How did you get here? Well, I hope you have a couple of hours. <laughs> Actually, I do, but it's only going to be 30 minutes. So. That's okay. Okay, I'll try to put it into a nutshell then. Who is Judy Goss? So basically, I come from a small town in Maryland, which not a lot of people know, because I usually start telling my story from living in the Big Apple and after that. But like we discussed earlier, our story is really important to people to understand who you are and where you're coming from. So I came from a small town, only Maryland. It was a blacksmith shop there when my family moved there. And I grew up not knowing what New York City and the big glamorous life of being an entrepreneur and a TV host and working in corporate was like, but I found my way eventually to New York City. I wanted to live there all my life, and I was a high-fashion model for many years, traveled all around the world, lived all around the world doing my modeling. And after that, I went to the corporate side. I think I had had enough. I went to college before, University of Maryland, while I was modeling part-time and then before full-time. And I really wanted to stimulate my brain again. <laughs> so I went all the way to the other side of the camera um, and worked for an ad agency. I was a casting director, producer, and art buyer. And from there, I actually really went to the opposite side of modeling, and I became a model agent for many years. So oh, I became, wow. Yeah, amazing, right? So I became well-versed in sales, and I eventually became the top booker at the agency that I was with, which was Ford, New York. 
And from there, I went on to being a magazine editor for Cosmopolitan and then More Magazine. And when I was at More Magazine, it was right before I was turning 40, and it was right at the time when I was releasing my book, Break into Modeling for Under $20 from St. Martin's Press. And More Magazine was all about the woman over 40 and empowering her and everyone getting together and elevating each other however we can. So that's really where my passion was born for helping women. And funny enough, I was in corporate at the time, coming to a desk every day. I was traveling on weekends. I eventually became their TV spokesperson. And I became the spokesperson full circle now with my life for their model search, which got 20,000 applicants a year. And I got to travel around the country again for them, but this time not just being on TV, but interviewing the women themselves. And, you know, I went to Boston at one point at an open call, and there were 350 women in line, and all they wanted was for people to hear their stories. Story. Mm-hmm. And I got back to my desk at More Magazine and I thought, but there aren't enough pages in the magazine for all their mm-hmm. stories. Yes, and yes. when they called me and asked, you know, did I make the magazine? Are you going to use my story? I had to tell 99.9% of them no. Mm. So then I thought, okay, where can I take this? What can I do for these women? And at the same time, the stock market crashed, <laughs> mm-hmm. and my husband's business, and he's an entrepreneur also, owns a clothing store, that started going under. And I got laid off from More Magazine, and they gave me an incredible severance, and health insurance and all that, and I skated on that for a while. And I started writing about these women while I was looking for another job, but unbeknownst to me, my next job was <laughs> these women. So I started writing about them, and it was almost like a give back. You know, you you didn't make it in the magazine, but here, you know, take this blog and use it for whatever you want. And that's how my company, What Women Want, was born. It was first called Over 40 Females, and then several years later, we changed it to What Women Want. Well, fast forward through the recession, we literally filed for bankruptcy. Our house was on the auction block at one point. (laughs) Everything was happening at once. I had twin babies. They were dozed. Three years old, yeah. And, you know, if you can imagine getting a letter that your house is going on the auction block and having these babies at home, not knowing how you were going to feed them or what you were going to do. Right, right. I never let go of the what women want for everyone that I knew. It, it actually was a bridge to saving me what I was doing. So building a networking company, which I didn't know really what networking was, but I knew that connection of women was going to get me through this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kept plowing through, and I had my first event in Manhattan where 68 women came. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that that was giving me the power to keep moving forward. So fast forward to today, really, we ended up opening over the past eight years, probably 50 to 60 chapters all over the country. We have now about a dozen because a few years ago, we turned and started focusing on our national conference along with our radio show, which has now become a YouTube show, highlighting women of all different cultures, backgrounds, you know, everything that you can imagine that they do. And I'm just so grateful and happy that I'm at this place now where I'm holding a national conference because my vision in the beginning when I first started was the motto, connect, encourage, and inspire. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see all women from all over the world, really. We, We almost have it now. We've gotten Canada coming to our events and women from over 20 states around the country attending this conference and my heart is just so full because I know that that's where I was going originally mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago. I had my first event in April 2010. So that was a great lead-in. Well, I have to tell you, thank you so much for sharing all of that 
and all parts of your life. Well, I you're welcome. It's my times, pleasure. Yeah, but I think it's important because for so many people, we only read about the best parts of success stories. We don't really hear about the gut punches like you're talking about, like the, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? But there's this thing is, that's kind of drawing me to it. Do I take the risk to follow it? And you did. So even in, I know you had to fast forward through it, but even for me, what I heard was there were some tough decisions you had to make and some leaps of faith. Oh, definitely. (laughs) It took a lot of faith just to get to the next day, you know, at, at one point in my life. And when you have children counting on you, then it's even harder. (laughs) But I really dug my heels in and, like I said, stayed connected with these women. And it took years and years, and, and we're still not quite out of the financial complications that come along with bankruptcy and all of that. But we are so much more ahead than we were. You know, we keep right. looking back and thinking, if we're going to look back, we need to see how far we've come. Yes. And that is really hard for me, Denise. I tend to beat myself up and think, oh, my gosh, I'm not as far as I want to be at this point. What's going on? We have to stop that as women. Yeah, and it turns out being able to hold that lens up, and they're just not women, I think it's kind of the way we're conditioned today, is to always be going forward. You know, we got this project done. Okay, on to the next one. Right. Um, On to the next one. On to the next one. And unless we're just kind of moving forward, we feel like we're not making any progress, which is kind of weird because the only way you know how to make progress is to measure where you started, where you are. And to see how far you come, not how far you have to go. Because as you learn more, the marker moves further, right? Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But isn't that what keeps you driving forward? It's the motivator that keeps you going and saying, oh, wow, I hit this ledge. Let me see how much bigger I can get, how much more good I can do in the world, right? Yes, absolutely. And we tend to get wrapped up in that, too, a little too much sometimes. So it's a tough balance of wanting to help the world and taking care of yourself too, right? Yes, 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 yes. And that's that's a good piece here. So I think when we're not sure how we're going to get through the next day, particularly women, what advice would you give to someone who finds themselves in a job that they're not quite sure about? You know, I talk to a lot of women that the <coughs> politics, once they reach a certain level, the politics in the corporation are just disgusting. Oh, let me tell you, when I was at Moore Magazine, I was screamed at by my boss. I don't know what she was thinking, or I guess she was an unhappy person to begin with, but she would scream at us to do things or if we did something wrong, and we were just miserable. And you're right. Sometimes, and you know, the devil wears Prada. It was just yeah. like the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, although I wasn't working at Vogue. And it was so horrifying the way we were treated. And I think, I hope it's gotten better. People have come to more awareness since then, especially with the Me Too movement and everything else that's going on. But yes, I've been so verbally abused in the corporate environment, and it just shouldn't happen. And I think it's an overall feeling of how to be compassionate for your neighbor, for your coworker, for your boss, that type of thing. But it really is horrific when you have to walk to a desk like that. You literally feel like you're chained to that desk. Yeah. So tell me, sounds to me like you got a gift of, you know what, we're going in a different direction. Here's a severance package. But how did you make the decision not to go back in the corporate? 
Well, I got laid off again <laughs> after that. Mm. And I just thought, you know, I'm not safe in a huge corporation. I took actually a, a smaller job for a PR company. I was a publicist for about six months or something like that. But it was just really when everything was crashing and burning all around us, the whole financial industry, you know, was going down. Mm. And I became a publicist. And when I got laid off of that job, because they weren't doing well with their company, I thought, okay, so I'm not safe at a large company and I'm not safe at a small company. You know, you're not safe anywhere. So I might as mm -hmm. well go and do what I want to do. At this point, getting a job didn't look <laughs> easy to anyone. So mm -hmm. I just thought, you know what, let's just go for it and pick up some freelance gigs, you know, as I'm building this company because... I don't know, 99.9% .9 of people don't make money in the first few years, that's for sure. And I just picked up whatever I could. And when you really want to do something, even if you're working full-time in corporate, mm -hmm. you will put in the hours, extra hours to do it. So, for example, I actually was working at Cosmopolitan Magazine when I got the book deal. And I got a deal, I think it was eight months they gave me to write, <clears throat> excuse me, 150 double-spaced pages. Now, I was commuting back and forth, working full-time at Cosmopolitan Magazine, and I had twin babies at home while yeah. I was writing this book. Yeah. So literally, I would write it on the train. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would go to lunch at Cosmopolitan in their lunch area and, and flip open the computer and write it during lunch. On the weekends, when the twins were asleep, I'd go upstairs to my office on my computer until they woke up and wrote. So if you really want to do something, even if you have a full-time job and other responsibilities, you can do it. I think that is probably the most interesting thing because the women I coach, and to some extent the men too, that I coach all have this overanalyzing the risk of. If I step out, you know, what will my boss say? If I step out, you know, what if I fail? If I step out, you know, if I take this promotion, if I do this, da 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 da, the what is. Yeah. And I think your words around, if you really want to do it, you just have to start. Yeah, you just have to start. That's right. You, you'll figure it out. I mean, at the end, I had a freelance job where I was working for a tech company, and I was literally doing the work for them and flipping off the screen when my boss came up behind me when I was working on my business. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But I was doing what everything and more, actually, that they asked me, but I was still finding time to answer emails and build my company. So, yeah. and of course... Many, many nights, still endless nights till 11, 12 o'clock at night, even though I have kids and I have to wake up early, you still put in the time if, if that's what your passion is. Yeah, and so that's a great word, you know, passion. And everywhere I look now is find your passion, follow your passion, find out your why. So we've got all of these do that. And <clears> I think <throat> to some extent it's one of the reasons why we're seeing women business owners, people, women taking their own life in their own hands and starting a business. I read a statistic that said something like year over year, we've seen 17 to 18% growth in the number of women business. They now account for 30% of small businesses. But the most interesting thing is they generate somewhere around $1.5, $1.7 trillion in the economy. Oh, my God. So this, is, this is a growing force, right? Right. And I think some of it is about all the things that you encountered in the workplace from working for someone who doesn't necessarily appreciate them, but the screaming, the abusive nature, the kind of old command and control um, the old leadership style. Yeah, mm -hmm. leadership style. And all of the, you got to pull yourself, you got to touch every rung and pull yourself up by the bootstrap mentality around 
growing leaders and helping them grow leaders. And I can go off on a tangent on that. But what I wanted to do, oh, let me tell you, it's not pretty. And, yes, the screaming and hollering still happens, right? Yeah, I'm Abusiveness sure. Abusiveness still happens. But there's two things I would like to touch on with you. One is now your audience or segment of your audience, because you also do Behind the Gates for DirecTV. AWE, yes. And you have a production and you're doing all these other things in addition to what women want. But narrowing it down to what have you learned over the 10 years you've been doing it, but particularly the two to three years that you've been doing the conferences, as what are the lessons that you've learned that what is it that women want? Well, I've learned that to find out what you want, you really have to focus into, and here's that word again, passion. Mm-hmm. What you're passionate about and what you're really feeling that you want to do or who you want to be. Women really want to figure that out, and the ones that do obviously want to be successful at it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the foundation of my company is professional meets personal development. So I feel like you can be the most successful if you start from within and work outwards. So I always say we can go farther and faster in our businesses if we also work on the business of ourselves. Yes. So yes. that all comes into what we want which is inside. Yeah, I call it, we're all entrepreneurs. The only difference is where you get your check from. <laughs> there you go. Right? And so you really do have to understand this. What is it that you want to do? How do you want to use your gifts in the world to provide value that you get paid for? And, and honestly, that is the that business of the one, right? Just that takes a lot of faith. Yeah. I had to, so with my TV career, it was many, many years before I could actually admit to myself what I feel like I was put on the earth to do. And what <laughs> because is that? I didn't think that I would be able to do it. TV. I oh. just didn't think, for whatever reason, that it would be something I could do because I just have so much fun doing it and I couldn't imagine getting paid for it. And my first regular paid gig was this year. It took many, many years, about eight years of constantly doing TV. I had a few paid gigs between time, but not something that was regular, like behind the gates is. And I just turned 50. So this is Mm -hmm. not all of the old way of thinking, oh, well, TV is only for someone in their mid-20s, that type of thinking. You know, really went out the window when I had faith in myself that I could do it. And now it's having faith that I can do that and be an entrepreneur. I just went through someone, a friend of mine who's a coach, and she said, you know, you can be a businesswoman and a TV host. <laughs> you don't yes. have to pick one or the, one other. Or the other. You can right. do both. And so as it happens right now, you don't know how many seasons you're going to get booked for whatever job you're doing as a TV host. But right now, you know, I just finished my second season of Behind the Gates, and it is not that many hours a day. Mm-hmm. I can work on the company in between when we're shooting. Mm-hmm. And it's just the perfect job. So you really have to have faith that every good thing is going to work out as it should if you take that step forward and believe in yourself. Well, it's that. And I think the other nugget that I'd like to pull out is the idea of your question that you said, you mean I could actually get paid to do this? And following that, because I think that's the kernel of what is your passion. Right, and, it, and that's the one question I ask people. If, if you could, what is the one thing you'd love to do that you would do even if you didn't get paid for it? I mean, if you had the financial stability, what's the one thing you would do? And oftentimes they don't know, but it starts that juice of, well, you know what I really like to do? And like you, I want to be several things. 
and that's okay, that's a system of time management now or priority management. Priority management. Priority management. How do I get through the priorities of the day, the week, et cetera, to get where I want to go? So now following your passion is one of the things that is encouraging. Personal development is the other thing you've learned. What else have you learned? As far as what women want? Yep. I think women want one of the first and foremost things that I've heard is support. So either support of their family, support from other women, and just giving herself permission to do what she has to do. So a lot of times when you're an entrepreneur, you feel very isolated and lonely. Mm-hmm. And you don't feel support from other people. So you really have to reach out, and this is part of the reason for my conference too, is so that we can make friends and find the like-minded women who are going through all of this. Mm-hmm. But they really want that permission from others, which it shouldn't matter really what others think, but you do want to have permission to be yourself and to do what you have to do. I was talking to someone on the phone, I think it was two days ago, and she said, are you giving yourself permission to be a businesswoman and a TV host? And I said, you know, that's funny because I'm just going through that shift and I'm allowing myself to do that. But I wouldn't be able to come to that decision unless other people were behind me cheering me on and helping me through it, like as was my friend on the phone. Yeah, and it's almost not just cheering you on, but asking those questions. I call them the my martini questions, right? Yes. There's a, there's a time when you're really relaxed with a friend and it doesn't look like it, and then suddenly they ask you that question. That it's so obvious. Are you giving yourself permission to be happy? Are you giving yourself permission to... It's so obvious, yet it's it's something you don't think about, right? Right. You don't consciously put it in front of you that, oh, well, no, I'm not. I think that my happiness goes when I see my kids grow up well Mm -hmm. and washing the dishes and making sure my house is clean and making sure that report or that project got through at work. That's where I get my happiness, and that's not really what we're talking about, is it? Right. And also asking people for their help and support, you know, and letting them know, let people know what you need. I'm the worst at this. I'm not one to preach this right now because it's taken me probably a decade to learn this, I guess, entrepreneurship, right? But I am the worst at asking for help. And it's just crazy. And a lot of times when you don't, people don't think you need it. Like you said before, as entrepreneurs, we live a little bit more glamorous life, and people are looking at my life and probably thinking it's all roses and rainbows, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I yeah. need help over here, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it, it's tough. How do you make the decision to extend help to somebody? To help someone? You mean if someone asks me? Both, whether they ask you or don't ask you. Because sometimes you see people that you could lean into and help, right? How do you make that decision that this person I'll help versus this person? Yeah, so I'm not very good at that either because I think I help a little bit too much (laughs) other people without turning and looking at myself, but I'm learning to balance that. And how do I make the decision? That's a good question. I guess it comes from knowing where that person is in their life and how much help that they need and if I can give it. So this is a hard thing for me too. I have a hard time saying no. So I step back now and make sure that I have the bandwidth and even what they need 
a lot of times people come to me for help and I'm like, well, that's not something that I'm, but before I might have tried to help them anyway. Right. And you can really start to spread yourself way too thin if you're helping too many people. So making the decision is, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But I would say I really go to someone and really analyze what they need help in and what they're doing right now to help themselves because I'm not just going to pull somebody out of, you know, their situation or, or try to if they're not helping themselves. I think that's probably what makes me want to help them the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to offer that level of support. Yeah, and you do have to monitor it. Mm-hmm. You do have to sit, you know, pick out areas. Look, I can help you in this, but I can't help you in that. Or you might just have to say no sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I call it, you know, you have to become very good negotiators. Yes. Um, And to be able to negotiate well, you have to understand your capacity and what you're willing to do. Right. Um, And and some people, I mean, they ask for help. All they want is a a few minutes on the phone with you. That's that's easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also easy to help people know what help they need you to do. Right. So if they come with a clear, this is what I need, it makes it easier for me to say, oh, yes, I can do this. Here's the context in which I can do it. And if that helps you, then I can deliver that. Versus people who say, I'm really struggling. I don't know what my business is about or my boss is screaming at me. Can you help me? Well, okay. I can't get rid of your boss. I don't have money to give you to infuse in your business. What is it that you're actually asking me to do, right? Right. Yeah, so yeah, when someone comes to you for help, that's a good point. Make them break it down. Yeah, they have to do the initial work. They have to do the work, right, exactly. Before they come to you and ask for additional help. So who comes to your conference? Well, any woman who desires to meet other like-minded women, Mm -hmm. a woman who is motivated to propel themselves forward, because that's a very big thing of ours, is we really help women from a professional standpoint as well as a personal standpoint to make sure that they are reaching and achieving the heights that they see themselves attaining. Mm -hmm. We really help them to achieve their goals and really set the foundation for it. So women that are energized and want to change the landscape of women connecting with other women, like I said, I always stood true to my motto, connect, encourage, and inspire. Yeah. Women who want to really learn and just really help themselves and help each other, which is really one of the most important. That's one of the huge differentiators between us and other networking companies or conferences Mm-hmm. is the women there all reach out and they all want to help each other and there is a warm and loving vibe and it's just a way of living that we want to spread out beyond the walls of the conference. So you have a real diversity of women so that can come to your conference. It's not just entrepreneurs. It could be corporate women. It could be mothers at home who are trying to figure out how to get back into the workplace. Absolutely. And we have from 20-year-olds all the way up to, I don't know, (laughs) you know, 60, 70. Over 50, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And everyone's at a different place in their life. And the beauty about what women want is that we embrace wherever anyone is in their life. You know, a lot of times when women are working in corporate, they need what women want for two reasons. They need to network because you never know when you're going to get laid off, especially these days. 
Okay? Yeah. The jobs are not lasting as long as they used to. Yep. So you need to stay out there and keep relevant. And I find that a lot of corporate women I meet have side hustles. Mm. And they really want to figure out how they can expand that and take the leap out of corporate and really get into the company that they desire to build. So there are a lot of reasons that someone working in corporate would want to attend. And it's yeah, just and to I, make it, friends, it, it, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And expand your network of just ideas and sourcing people, right? Yeah, we had some entrepreneurs. There was a woman, CEO of Value Setters, was the closing keynote. She has 200,000 angel investors in her network. Mm -hmm. And she literally, she flew down from Boston to speak for us. She made appointments with a couple of the people whose businesses she believed in in Massachusetts to meet her for dinner or to meet her at her office. I mean, where do you get opportunities like this? Oh, and yeah. then that was the professional side of it. And then the personal side, I had Amy Newmark, who was the CEO of Chicken Soup for the Soul, open our conference, the inspiration and the personal development. And she was hysterical, by the way. I never thought she'd be that funny. But, you know, all and all through the weekend, we filled it in from leadership skills to, you know, managing teams to mindset to fitness. And it's just a woman is so much more than just business, business, business. Yes, yes, yes. And so it sounds like... It's two days, right? It is, yes. It's two days. It's the opening night is Friday night, and then it's Saturday and Sunday. So about two and a half days. But mm -hmm. in that time frame, it's 48, 60 hours where I can actually think about me and what I want to do going forward. Right, and meet other people that are in the same boat. Mm -hmm. So you know when that happens, we all succeed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, Everybody's going to walk away with one or two nuggets that's going to help them get to the next level, or at least plot how to Definitely. get to the next level. Yeah, that's great. That's great. When's Thank the you. So it's November 1 through 3 this year. Oh, okay. In Atlanta, Georgia. Ah, oh, it's going to be in Atlanta. Yes. Atlanta, after Super Bowl, this is going to be the next biggest conference they had, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> No, from my mouth to Judy, who is driven to make sure that any woman who needs to find her next greatest step has a place to do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. It just really, you wouldn't believe it if you haven't attended an event with What Women Want yet. We have our local networking events also every month. And it's just, it's really magical what happens. I'm so proud. And I've flown all around the country to chapter launches, the local chapters and, you know, everything we've been doing. And it's the same feeling, you know, all everywhere. So we want to find more women like that. Oh, great, great. So coming back to a little bit of the personal, I happened to listen to your launch of your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And on it, you said that you moved from goals per se to a singular word, and I've done this for years. So this year is 19 and 19. Last year was Faith Walk. The year before was If You Believe It, Act Like It. And so it was really part, I do it because it's more about personal development and commitment to being the best that I can be. And if I do that, then I will create the value that, that helps other people lift their lives up. So I happen to notice that yours was profit. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Well, I think this ties back to me helping a lot of other people, <laughs> not myself. And I have been building What Women Want for eight years. And like I said, I was doing a lot of free TV gigs and all of that for that many years also. 
And in building both of my careers, I realized my perspective was not from a profitable point of view. What I wanted to do was help people. Well, you can help people <laughs> until you're blue in the face, but if you're not profitable, then, you know, you can't help. If you are profitable, you can help so many more people. So until I think I told you for my TV career, until I really put my foot down after eight years of doing TV, I finally started getting paid. And it wasn't until I really was intentional about it and thought, oh, my gosh, I can get paid to do what I love. Well, the same thing is for the conference and the company. I put a lot of money and a lot of time into it, and now it needs to be big enough so that we all can make a profit from it. And on the flip side, I'm a Gemini, so I always have a flip side to everything, (laughs) and I do everything in twos. So I also picked that word because profit, I've been going through a spirituality journey for the past probably five years now. And for me, profit is the way God speaks to me and that we move in his world and in his way. So it's a flip term because I know God wants me to be profitable. Yeah. And I know he wants me to follow his profit. So I'm. it's a dual meaning there. Yeah. And so as you have gone through this, because it's been three and a half, four weeks now, what's the aha in this? And what have you had to give up? What do you mean uh, give, give up? Well, when you reach a different level, I find. So wisdom comes when you try something, you reflect on it, and then figure out that, there's some things you can't do or you or you have to stop doing. They may have been good before, but now they're not okay anymore. So kind of an example is when I said faith walk, one of the things my faith walk meant for me is that I had to think of myself more as a holistic being. It yes. heart, hands. And that the body was a bit of it was the way, it was the mechanical way in which I moved through this world. And if I didn't take care of my body like not taking care of your car and expecting it to go 200,000 miles or 300,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, what, what it meant was is that I had to really pay attention to my health and to live a healthy lifestyle because I wanted to be able to do this work full force. Mm-hmm. And so it meant I had to exercise more. I had to lose weight. And I'm happy to say that up in, now I've lost in a year's time 34 pounds, I think it is. Oh, congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. My blood pressure is back in normal. My doctor is like, oh, my God, I wish I could bottle what you got. And I'm like, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) So it was those kinds of things that it made me start thinking, oh, okay. When I went through, you know, I got, there was a time I was saying, you know, I've got a sugar daddy and his name is God. That I had to give up my doubt that I would be okay. That if I really followed the intuition and the words that I was hearing and seeing and, and living, then I had to give up the doubt that things wouldn't end okay. May not end up the way I wanted them. But they well, you you okay. said that perfectly, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. And for me, that was the element of control, and that's mm-hmm. right. Having faith that it was going to be okay and, and not letting that worry get in and take you over. Yeah. That's huge yeah. <laughs> for me anyway. Yeah, and for me too, because I'm like, no, I, you know, I got to stick my oar in the water. I know you got a guy, but I yeah, stick right. my oar in the water. <laughs> Same thing. So we're coming to the end. Tell us how can people follow you and get a hold of you. Well, I'm on social media, of course, as is everyone else. <laughs> 
My Facebook page is Judy Goss Media. And on Twitter, I'm Judy Goss, J-U-D-Y-G-O-S-S, like Sally. And my Instagram, I'm Judy.Goss. And my website, JudyGoss.com is my personal website. And the website for the conference is WhatWomenWantConf, C-O-N-F.com. And if you can't wait until November, we have several local chapters as well. So you can go on WhatWomenWantNetworking.com and find out where to join us there. And I think that's it. Just if you Google me, you can find me. That's for sure. (laughs) I make sure of it. But thank you for asking. I appreciate that. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and took away a few tips that will close the gap between making your dream life your real life. If you enjoyed this podcast, pass it along. Leave a question or a comment below. It would mean the world to me if I could connect with you. So, go out to my LinkedIn page, ask for a connection, or Twitter at Coach HR. And remember, answers are better than anger, seek empowerment rather than divisiveness, and the responsibility is yours to achieve the life that you really want to have. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.